Welcome to The Big Cheese Show, your destination for fantasy sports domination. Now, here's your host, Chris The Big Cheese Cheon. You are listening to The Big Cheese Show. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes out of your day to get ready for this NFL week one and I have not officially made my picks yet that is because I have not spoken to the odds fellow yet the guy who has been absolutely dominating the baseball season talking about my dude Anthony Latino you can find him on Twitter at the underscore odds underscore fellow Anthony what's good brother Big cheek. Great to be here, man. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So based on what you've seen last night, would you say going into these matchups this weekend, you would probably be more overweight on unders as opposed to overs for that reason? I would. And especially I think the first half lines are always a one, you know, interesting to look at. Even if you think these offenses are going to get going, what you're going to see and what you saw with Rodgers last night was they really didn't get going. You know, he didn't look comfortable until the second quarter when they scored that touchdown. That ended up being the only drive, um, you know, but 10 points compared to the over 20, you know, the under, the the total set at 23. And then you had a full game floating around 45 to 46. So I think those are both things to look at, especially watching where the public's going. They're generally going to bet overs anyway, especially, you know, coming out the gate. I'm sure that's what people want to see. Do you factor in the public when it comes to betting? Yeah, and I, I've learned over the years, and i talked to you a lot about this too, of, of starting to look at that stuff a little bit more, trying to become less square, more sharp, right? Um, so I do look at it and something I've learned a lot about you know, over the last few years, like I said. I don't think there's a specific percentage because I do think it gets a little dicey and I still like to have some gut, you know, feelings into you know the data and what the public is doing the data the games and stuff like that so it's a bit of a mix for me what i really do try to look at and i use a little bit of the action network sometimes covers is i'll look for those you know marks where the public is on it you know 65 70 and up right but the money uh is going elsewhere which you can typically see as well right what's the percentage of the big bets where's kind of the smart money going and when you really see those things inverse Um, that's definitely something I like to key in on, which I think was actually the case last night, um, you know, with some of those under bets, it was kind of split in terms of, you know, uh, under over the total of 46, but you did see a little bit more of the money coming in on the under, especially as, as it got closer to game time. All right, let's jump into week one here. I am here in Washington, DC and all basically offseason, I've seen this line and licked my chops. Philadelphia Eagles, I don't care what it is. I think they blow out the Redskins. But it's funny, like, a couple days before, now all of a sudden you're starting to hear all these grumblings from people in town here. And, and I listen, the Redskins' defense is good. They've got playmakers like Jonathan Allen. They've got guys in the secondary, veteran players like Josh Norman. They've been disrespected all offseason. Take that for what you will. To me, though, I don't care. They have no offense. They've got a pitiful left side of the line with no Trent Williams there. This line, I don't care if Philadelphia in 10 points is getting 65% of the public. I don't see the Redskins covering this 10 points. What say you about this game? No, I really tend to agree with you, especially given the offensive line challenges. Um, you know, For that team, I think you've heard it locally and – and seeing all the rumblings about what the Redskins are doing and, you know, Haskins isn't ready. So who you're trotting out there, right? It's the Case Keenum show. Um, 
you know, I, I think one thing I do always be careful about, even though I tend to agree with you and, and think it's probably a game, especially at home, that the Eagles come out and show up for, uh, is the division game. So, you know, I'm a fan of the NFC East as well. I'm a big Dallas Cowboys fan all my life. And I will kind of watch those lines and, you know, be somewhat careful just because of the familiarity that those division teams do have with each other. As soon as you add the hook to it, you know, whether it's seven and a half or ten and a half, um, that's where I think you'll start seeing the sharps hit it and hammer it back down because those hooks matter. Um, so I do tend to agree with you. What I'll probably be looking to do with the Eagles is is look at that money line parlay. If you can, you know, squeeze it in. If some of the books offer it, sometimes they don't from a risk perspective because that money line is going to be big. Um, other times, you know, it's the tease aspect. But I think no matter what, I think the Eagles get the W. Could probably going to be a sexy survivor pick. Um, the ten and a half, ten points for me. I'll probably not touch it as a stay away, but I do lean that way with you that I, I think the Eagles get the job done. Let's stay in the NFC East for NFL futures purposes. I'm not going to go on record here. And uh, even though, like, if, you know, crazier things in the NFL have happened, it would be a really nice payday, but I'm certainly not taking the Redskins to win the division, anything like that. How do you see the NFC East? So let's, let's I think, both, Anthony, we can agree the Giants and the Redskins are not winning this division, right? So... Philadelphia, Dallas, is there more value with taking one as opposed to the other in terms of futures, winning the division? How do you see it shaping out? Yeah, so I think it's a two-team race. I'm not going to do any official futures, or I haven't yet, on on the NFC East. Um, But do agree with you, I think it's the Eagles and Cowboys to lose. That's where the talent is. Uh, that's where the consistency has been. You know, those two teams have been a little bit better over the last few years. But one stat I saw that I couldn't believe and, and did want to bring up on here with you is that since 2016, which was Dak's rookie year when he stepped in for the beloved Tony Romo, as most of us Cowboy fans feel like, even though he didn't win the big one. Um, so they actually have the best record in the NFC at a record of 32 and 16. I think the Saints are a game or two behind them. But that stat to see was mind blowing to me, right, of the performance even under the you know Jason Garrett with the scrutiny of just how they have performed over the last few years but one thing to keep in mind if you're a trend guy and and you're looking at you know where's that value Eagles or Cowboys I think the Eagles are slight favorites I'm going to pull it up here while we're talking Um, but one trend that has been out there is they haven't had a repeat winner in this division since 2003 2004 when the Eagles went back to back Um, so I do think there's value uh Obviously, if you were a little bit closer to even money, I'm showing minus 175 right now for the for the Eagles to win the division. I think that could be in play. Cowboys, you probably get a little bit more value for a team that has still a good shot at it at plus 200. Um, stay away from me again, but but I do think those are the two. If you're serious about and, and want to bet the NFC East, I think you got to go with one of them. So let me just ask you this again because I, I, I want to make sure that the Cowboys have the best record since 2016, Dak's rookie year in the NFC. From- in the NFC. Damn. Yeah, crazy, right? So not like just against NFC opponents. Like out of all the NFC, they have the best record. That's a regular season record uh, for three years. Wow. So let's take a look, couple of look at some other games here we've got on tap for this weekend, Anthony. One that I've been hearing about here is people seeming to like the Jacksonville Jaguars plus three home hosting the Kansas City Chiefs, referencing Patrick Mahomes' only game last year. He did not throw a touchdown pass, was against Jacksonville, and they are now improved with Nick Foles as quarterback instead of Blake Bortles. What is your take in this game? 
Yeah, it's been an interesting one to look at. We talked a little bit about public uh, money, you know, squares versus sharps before. This is, I think, one of two big sharp plays that's on the board. What you've seen is when this line hits four, four and a half, it gets hammered right back down. Um, so that's why you've seen some of that fluctuation and, you know, really a line that ranges anywhere between three and a half and four and a half because it's that battle between what the public is taking and what the uh, what the sharps are doing. So the sharps do seem to see that value at four and plus, And I think we've seen that movement every single time it hits um, that number. So what I'll probably look to do on this is is I'll wait till Sunday, see what it's floating around with a little bit closer to game time. But I think if it is north of, uh, you know, four, four and a half, I think there is value in that. Um, right now, it still is hovering at, at three and a half. It's probably a stay away for me just because of that little um, that extra hook. I think what could happen with some touchdowns versus field goals in a game if they get Mahomes going. But it is really going to be interesting uh, to see how they bounce back a second game against Mahomes and if they can slow him down again. You know, I'm hoping not for fantasy purposes. I think I got Mahomes in a couple leagues. That's good. I was not able to get Mahomes because he just goes a little too high for my liking in drafts. Um, when I was getting a lot of Deshaun Watson this year. So another one involving a team that made it to the final four of the NFL playoffs last year. That is the LA Rams. They are only one and a half point favorites going into Carolina. The Rams run defense last year, number 28 in the league, taking on the Panthers who have the number two run offense. So based on those stats, Anthony, would you consider taking Carolina to win this? So I think looking at some of the data, looking at the trends, it's it's definitely intriguing. This is where I, I mentioned before, like sometimes my gut kicks in. I probably regret it because um, I have a hard time believing LA, a team that I do have on here, which we'll probably touch on next on some of the futures, uh, to bounce back and do pretty well. I think they've created a good infrastructure there. I think McVeigh comes back strong. You know, I think the talent and a healthy girly obviously helps. But this line, in fact, opened around three. You probably saw three or three and a half. It's moved all the way down to the 1.5 that you mentioned. You know, in, in some of the data I've seen, it's as much as 70% of the tickets on the Rams with only 35% of the money, right? So that inverse that I was talking about, you really truly see here. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think the run defense steps up. What I have a hard time uh, believing is that Cam Newton is really all that well, right? So I think for the for the Panthers, it's going to depend on what type of running game they can get going with McCaffrey and if they can keep up with the Rams. Um, but I tend to lean Rams, especially as this number continues to shrink. I think you'll probably see some of those tickets start closing because I think the value for the Panthers was was a bit higher. So again, another one I'm going to watch closer to game time. But you know, my gut kicks in here, and if I can get the uh, the Rams a little bit lower, you know, closer to that, um, you know, point, maybe stay in the point and a half range, I, I do see some value in that for myself. Well, let's stay with the Rams then. You mentioned a future bet with them. Talk about where they are as far as the win total goes. And if you're thinking that they are going to kind of fall into that team that loses the Super Bowl that's not called the Patriots trend where they fall off tremendously, get your take on the Rams. Definitely. So the Rams are sitting at over an over-under total on the season of about 10.5. And, and when you break down kind of their schedule, look at what the NFC West is matched up against, um, you know, I do see value in that. The NFC West itself, you know, I think the 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 49ers are still a very beatable team. I think they're going to struggle a little bit. Uh, I personally don't believe the Kyler Murray hype um, and, you know, think that team, although better, is, is still going to struggle. So you got two teams in the division that you can hopefully beat up on a little bit. 
right? And, um, you know, I think that creates a, a pretty strong footing for you, you know, right out the gate. So at the end of the day, I think I do lean the over 10 and a half. I think McVeigh and what they've established there, I think he's got something to prove. You know, I've, I've heard rumblings in the off season about, um, you know, the motivation factor with him wanting to show that improvement. I don't think he's a guy that's going to take getting beat up by Belichick lightly, you know, so does he kind of get rid of that deer in the headlights uh, look that they might've had during the Super Bowl? And, and being overwhelmed and use that to their advantage. And, and I do believe that they're a team that bounces back from a Super Bowl loss a little bit better than we've seen in the past, besides those paths. The Indianapolis Colts, they are six and a half point dogs going into Los Angeles this weekend. Any chance you think the Colts can cover that number with Jacoby Brissett? <sighs> they do if they give him $30 million and set the DAC bar even higher. <laughs> right, right. The good point. Um, but I, I do think... They, from a total perspective, were interesting, too. I think Vegas dropped it a full two games. Then you saw a little bit of movement back or the VIG getting increased because, you know, some of that over money was starting to come in, you know, smart over money. Um, I do think Jacoby can hold water there. I think even, you know, losing luck hurts. You've seen the improvement that he came back from injury with last year. But that roster is really talented, what they put around him. And I think if Jacoby has the production or the protection, rather, which he does with, you know, I think they've spent – at least two first-round picks on uh, on offensive linemen yep. um, over the last few years. You know, I think that team has the talent to go out and compete. And one thing that helps, you know, walking into L.A. as a road game um, is they don't really have a home field advantage over there. You know, the way the, the Chargers are, are kind of operating before this move happens. You know, they're a bit in purgatory. Uh, the Melvin Gordon situation, obviously not a positive. So when you can start getting those points, especially, you know, around a touchdown over a touchdown, I do think there's there's value in the Colts. And I think they're going to be an interesting team to watch in a tough division. You know, besides counting out the Titans, uh, I think the rest of that division can compete with each other. And you've kind of seen that in the futures market as well. All right, Anthony, we're looking uh, at this whole entire weekend slate here. Your favorite plays on the board this weekend. So one, I'll start close to home. I'm, I'm in New York, in New York City right now, but I but I am leaning towards the Jets watching the line. Right now it's hovering around two and a half. Uh, the, my favorite way that I've heard the, the Jets get described, I think it's popped up a, a little bit with you know Bill Simmons and some of the Ringer podcasts. I've seen it written other places is they're almost like the the AFC version, um, you know, or or another version of the Browns, right? With with the shiny new toys, with the young talent coming to be, but without the uh without all the distractions without all the noise so i do think the jets you know opening up at home with the way uh darnold looked in the preseason him coming to to his own against what what i think will be a scrappy bills team but but not a quality bills team i i think they get it done at home and i think that's a good division matchup to key in on um and really get some value i actually do like the jets from an over the season total perspective as well um, they're sitting around seven and a half. And again, when you look at strength, the schedule, you know, who's sitting in the division um, with the Bills and the Dolphins, you know, that could be three, four wins right there. Um, so they're a side that I'm looking at um, in both the futures market as well as in week one. So I'm glad you're mentioning futures because let's just say somebody out there listening right now is driving to West Virginia, the William Hill Sportsbook out there. They want to play something for the weekend or for those of us listening in the great state of New Jersey, want to head to one of the DraftKings Sportsbooks. Or I guess you've got it up there in New York now, right? Two upstate New York starting to open up DraftKings Sportsbooks. So, I mean. Yeah, we got upstate. We got the Meadowlands. You know, obviously, you know, at least in my area, I'm, I'm close to the Meadowlands as well and everything that they have to offer on that awesome. side of the, of, of the river. 
It's coming to D.C. soon enough. Yeah, so, all right. You're going to cash a futures ticket, uh, team total over under. Give give the people two tickets that uh, you want to recommend. Definitely. So the first, I'm going to go with the Steelers over nine and a half. Juice, obviously, on that may vary a little bit. I think it's fluctuated some. Um, one thing I'm really keying in on is, for me, I think there's value in the Browns being a little bit overhyped. Um, I think the... Ravens and the Lamar Jackson bandwagon, which you've probably got a lot of exposure to in your region as well, uh, continues to grow, which isn't a bad thing. I think they're going to figure it out and Harbaugh put the right system around them. But at the end of the day, I I do see the Steelers and Tomlin bouncing back. I think just the fact of the Antonio Brown and the Le'Veon Bell saga finally ending and those guys getting out of the mix is going to be huge for them. Um, I think there's some of that, you know, we want to prove we can still do it. We can do a better mentality without them. I think part of it's just the distraction leaving the locker room. I like that. Just to interject real quick. I like that, Anthony, because nothing really changed for them schematically offensively. You still have Ben Roethlisberger who threw the football the most in the NFL last year, the most completions, most yards. I understand you don't have Antonio Brown there, but Dante Moncrief, and I I don't love first-year wide receivers and offenses, but he has developed that rapport throughout the practice in the preseason. We know Juju Smith-Schuster's willing to take the next step. Vance McDonald is a nice receiver out there, James Conner, and they still, again, top five offensive line. It's amazing how far you can go with that, so... I like that one. I endorse. All right, what's your next one? Yeah, and I think just on that to close it out, I think Devin Bush and what they did in, in yeah. the draft with him. You he know, was great well in the combine. The defensive side. Yep. Yeah. And uh, one interesting stat that came up with them just as I was digging into some stuff over the last couple months was Tomlin's really had a good ability to bounce back. You look at when he went, you know, nine and seven, eight and eight, which he's done in years. He's obviously been there as part of the institution for for Pittsburgh, which I think is important. But he went nine and seven in 2009, bounced back to 12 and four in 2010. He went eight and eight in 2013. I think he had an eight and eight season right before that, but then bounced back to 11 and five in 2014. You know, and usually what you see is some of the continued wins of those, you know, 10 to 12 win season shortly thereafter. And they went nine, six and one last year, and they're walking into an easy strength of schedule with the AFC East and the NFC West as uh, NFC West as their matchups. So I think good value. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today on the big cheese show. My guest, the odds fellow, Anthony Latino, this guy just absolutely dominating going to help you check out our live blog, WTOP.com where you can find my week one rankings in the NFL fantasy football. Also have the cheese three and I'm going to be answering start sits on my Twitter account at the big cheese show music in this episode is rev by evening land available in the YouTube audio library, big Chi out. Thanks for listening.